Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey folks, I'm Sam Shansky, and right now I'm here with Arkansas Dave. What's happening, man? Oh man, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here today. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. You've been out touring around? Well, um, I haven't toured uh, since January. I went over to the UK in late January and got back and was just basically focused on doing South by Southwest. How was that? It was it was great, yeah. I had, had back a, in March? Yeah. I had a lot of a lot of good stuff going where'd you, on. Where'd you play at, or did you play multiple times? Or I, I played at Cooper's uh, Barbecue. It was the official showcase. It was mm-hmm. downtown off of Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Co- old Cooper's Old Time Barbecue Pit. So yeah, they got a cool venue upstairs. So yeah, it was a good show. And you're based in Austin, right? So it's kind of like a hometown. Now it is. I've been down there 13 years. Yeah. So it's. Uh, but I was born in Little Rock, raised in Camden, Arkansas. But yeah. 13 years ago, found my way down there and found my life, my wife, call it home now. So. Wow. So what was Arkansas like growing up? Well, um, I grew up in a very, you know, I, in Camden, so it's the, it was very southern. Uh, it's like 30, 30 minutes, uh, for about 40 minutes, actually, from Louisiana or so. Um, and then, you pretty know, rural. pretty rural, kind of poor. Um, I'm, I literally grew up in a machine shop. My family... They own a, a machine shop that, that provides, like, paper converter knives. As, and, and so, like, I grew up doing the blue-collar work and, and playing music in church and stuff. So what, what do you mean, a machine shop? Like, I mean... So, like, <laughs> so my family owns a, a company called Quality Saw Company. I think it's been around since the 50s. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it makes, like, all the, the knives for, like, your charcoal and, and dog food bags, like Old Roy and, uh, and Kings for Charcoal, those, those bags, yeah. we, the knives actually cut them out on the assembly lines. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we, we have, like, this industrial laser thing that, that cuts out the metal or wood or plastic or whatever. So yeah. was this something that your grandparents started? Yeah, my, my grandfather started it with his cousin, and then my dad and aunt, grandmother and uh and uncle all run it now my grandfather passed away like in 2006 so yeah it's uh it's been family owned and operated for 
uh, however long now, 60 yeah. plus years. So have you actually, you know, you worked there for a time when you were younger? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I actually, um, when I, when I moved down to Austin, it was, you know, about 2006 when I moved and I was, um, well, I think some, yeah, 2006 when I moved down there and, you know, bounced around and, and did a lot of different work, uh, in, in different restaurants and stuff or at the guitar center. Mm -hmm. But, uh, really the, cost of living rose so much I wasn't making enough money so I would actually commute back to Arkansas and work in the shop yeah and pay for my house because I actually my wife and I bought a house when I was I think like 25 Pretty outside young. of outside of Austin because yeah. rent got expensive We're like well instead of paying rent let's buy something and we wound up paying less owning the house than we were paying rent right so and it was growing so fast, it took as long to get from South Austin to North Austin as it did to get from West to in. So I li actually live in Spicewood. Spicewood, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's kind of where all the old Austin hippies moved out to. Like, w Willie Nelson's ranch is like two, three miles down the road from my house. Wow, man. So and so, it's a cool area. Um, when you were first living in Austin, you were going to school, right? Yeah, actually, speaking of Willie Nelson, uh, his family owns a studio uh, called Arlen Studios, uh -huh. and Arlen actually had a school in it, uh, like a, a sound engineer trade school called Media Tech, and I moved down there with the intent of, of starting a band and to go to school there, mm -hmm. and that's actually where I met my wife. <laughs> at the school? At the school, yeah. And, um, Was she... A musician or in the engineer side or so she actually um lived well she lived in europe uh she's born and raised in texas but moved to europe real young mm -hmm. and lived over like eight or nine years worked at like universal motown started up indie label was a national radio dj on you know on air and yeah. so she wanted to come back home and learn the engineering side of things and that's where i met her at school very cool. And, uh, yeah, so now, actually, we own a record label and a studio together, so it's all kind of, like, naturally evolved to... That's big indie, right? Yeah. That's great, yeah, man. So it's, does she it's work been, on your album? Well, she does all the photography and artwork for me. Oh, so she's, like, just and involved yeah. in everything, kind yeah, of. Yeah, and she definitely has her ears on it, and uh, I value her opinion a lot about, you know, because she's got a very good taste yeah, in, in yeah. music and understands how it works i mean she she plays a little bit herself and mm -hmm. uh yeah it's exciting getting to build the studio out with her and and kind of see our our shared vision actually come to life it's uh it's actually pretty pretty cool and i feel like a torch has been passed to us because we bought the old tequila mockingbird studio in austin oh, and cool. it's the only like commercial downtown studio in austin off of 16th street in lavaca and so that's great uh, and Guadalupe so it just it's right next to this really awesome Indian restaurant and uh, it's just a stone's throw away from the capital and a few blocks south of the University of Texas so and so you're working on renovating it Is that yeah so um, we've we uh, the, the studio is basically used for since it's been a studio the building is actually built in 48 it's been a studio since the early 90s Tequila Mockingbird they were more like ADR voiceover work okay. for film and television and radio commercial jingles and stuff like that. So um, it was more set up for that than it was like music production, which mm -hmm. is primarily what we're doing. But we still do ADR and podcasts and yeah. all kinds of stuff out of the studio even even today. So we get a lot of really cool actors and awesome shows that you know are done in Texas. They come into Austin and need to do some lines or 
you know, whatever, podcasts are, are pretty cool. Yeah, and that's an ever-growing field as a podcast world. So you probably, you know, getting that word out there about podcast availability to record there, that's a, Absolutely. That's a good thing. Have you had any notable acts or, I mean, a podcast that people might know about or worth knowing about? I mean, I'm sure. Well, right? um, one of my favorites uh, on NPR, Stardate. Uh huh. It's like the. It's I've never heard of it, old, but I'll check it couple. out. couple, they just uh, they they go in there and just kind of tell you, um, you know, what the they just talk about astronomy and stuff like that. Okay. And uh, and they're kind of notable. They do their their NPR show there. We get a lot of, you know. Um, television shows that come in there and do their lines and uh-huh. occasional i can't really say names because a lot of these are like high profile yeah, like actors that. and stuff but yeah we get a lot of that come in so it's really cool because you know i'm accustomed to rubbing elbows with with musicians and stuff mm-hmm. and then whenever you you bump into somebody like an actor that is equally talented in a mm-hmm. creative field but completely different it's uh it's really exciting to get to just chat with them so i met a lot of cool people just being being there <laughs> that's very cool and is that that's not where you recorded your self-titled album right no actually uh i recorded down in muscle shoals which i read you? y'all are about to do something down there right indeed yes yes yeah, so i went down there and recorded at fame studios okay cool and man. had um the swampers i guess the modern day swampers uh do the do the music with me they were the backing band and i had my uh producer come over from England with my manager and we uh yeah made a big production out of it I think we were down there nine or ten days and uh in the studio every day you know in Austin I was accustomed to getting in the studio at noon they they start at 9 a.m yep (laughs) and uh I was like all right well this is this is next level production that I haven't been involved in yet yeah focused yeah so like it was it was more like my first, I've put out CDs and, and made, gone in the studio, made, you know, recorded music a lot. But, I mean, especially since I went to MediaTek for mm-hmm. it. But I feel like I'd never recorded a record until I went to Fame and did my debut album that I released last year. Right. Because the process was just so different. And I'd never worked with an actual producer that was sitting there and, and working with me and, and helping me not only just focus on what I was doing as a as a vocalist and, and as an artist, but helping me with rearranging some parts that might, you know, taking some things out, just different ideas, just actually getting under the hood of the songs and, and working with you. And it's exciting because his name is Jamie Evans, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and Jamie is just a phenomenal singer and guitar player, great pianist, just got a really good scope for it. And Someone you could trust. Yeah, and I think really what made it as as good of a session as it was was that we we made a bond, a connection as friends, just getting to know each other before we just really dove into it. I mean, the songs they they just they spoke for themselves, you know, and and he was obviously wanting to work with me because of that. So that is an understood thing. You know, I always look at working with people in music like it's not really about how good you are. It's about like what you're about and are you somebody that I want to be around? You mm-hmm. know, do I want you to be included in my walk of life? You mm-hmm. know, because everybody's path's different and you could be the best guitar player, best drummer, whatever. 
but if you're a dick, then, <laughs> you know, I don't really want to be around you, you know, and I, and I might be accused of being one myself, but I feel like I'm pretty easy going and easy to get along with. And so if, if, if there's not any real drama involved, that's, you know, and you fit the part. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's rock and roll. <laughs> so it's, well, it's, it sounds like you set yourself up in a good way by going down to fame and, you know, in that kind of environment, it's not like it's pretty relaxed. Yeah. And I mean, and I never met those guys before and, and, you know, having that connection with Jamie and, and then going in there and trusting what he was going to do mm-hmm. and then knowing that I was walking into a situation that was at the highest professional level that I'd ever operated at. And these guys are reading off of charts mm-hmm. and they've been, you know, collectively probably have over a hundred number one hits and oh, gold yeah. records with, it's you amazing. know, Will McFarlane and Clayton Ivy and Bob Ray and the younger drummer that, trained under will um justin holder then i had the great jim horn come in and play saxophone which he was part of the wrecking crews played on you know amazing countless records and then uh charles rose he wrote all the horn arrangements for me and and you know he's the original muscle shoals rhythm section you know for the horns and uh and it's wrote all those countless hits for the horn charts for those so it's like it was a little bit surreal to be honest I'm sure. And you, and I, I, I will never forget, like walking in there for the first time. When we get there, we're just kind of, just overwhelmed by the whole process, right? And we get there, and we're excited, and they were in session, so we had to go through Studio B. And you probably would never notice it if you're there a lot, but the first time I walked in, I opened the door, it the smell it smelled like grandma's house like a, <laughs> like an antique store. It wasn't, uh-huh. you know, it, it doesn't stink. It just it just reminisces that old like give you a big hug feeling and it just like, like you instantly just feel welcome there yep and and i don't know if it's just me being you know superstitious or whatever or being a hippie <laughs> but it's just like you can feel the energy man i and don't think like, so i don't think that's and wrong like at you all. you said you stand on the floor where you know aretha franklin sang and, and wilson pickett sang and 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 your voice is going through the same like you know EMI plates, reverb plates that theirs went through. It's just like, it's kind of overwhelming. And the first day was a bit like of a, a, a culture shock, if you will, because mm-hmm. like I'd not experienced that because I'd always been involved in the process of like actually playing the parts rather than like allowing a band that is hired to play the parts. Mm-hmm. And I, I wound up playing a few things. Like, I, I played the snare drum on Chocolate Jesus, which was, like, done in one take, nice. um, live on the floor. Like, everything was cut live on the floor together. Yeah. And, uh, and then I played drums on the wheel. And then, uh, you know, live down there. Been all the overdubs, including the vocals, I went back home to Austin and did in, in Arlen. But, yeah, it just felt like the guys, after getting known, they were my band. Like, I'd known them for years. So that... Just having that connection, being in a, a legendary studio with professionals that actually care about, you know, making the best music that they can make, that's where it just, it, it changed things. And so it's like, I set a really high bar for myself. So the next next record's got to be even better or as good, I hope. <laughs> but I have my own studio now, so I'll be able to really focus on trying to take my time. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, like, you have your whole life to make your first record, but 18 months to make your second. So 
Ah, Luckily, you do what you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do what I want, but uh, I, I don't believe in rushing things and yeah. putting stuff out prematurely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take your time and get it right, man. That's cool, man. That's a great you know, scenario to set yourself up with there. That's really, really something special. I'm very blessed. And and when you're not, you know, in the studio working, you've you've had a long uh, you know, you, you you were out playing shows a lot, right? With a uh, guitar shorty, is that right? Yeah, I uh, had I d- a good run there, right? Yeah, I did. The, I was playing drums for him back in two thousand nine. Okay. And um, yeah, played off and on with uh, different local bands after I left him, including my own. Uh, started a band with members of the Gourds. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was Jimmy Smith and Claude Bernard and Mark Creaney. We had a band called the Hard Pans and did that for a little while. I had my own hard rock band like heavy metal called it was like classic heavy metal sound and stuff yeah um called father sky so like i've been in and out of bands a lot but yeah shorty was really what i feel taught me how to be a professional musician you know because like i had never really gone on a proper tour until Mm -hmm. i went out with him and uh actually my drummer in my band unfortunately couldn't be here but uh he is the one that connected me with Guitar Shorty and gave me the gig because mm-hmm. he got a gig with Smoking Joe Kubek. And oh. so, like, we were just kind of making the blues rounds there and kind of cut our teeth on the Chitlin circuit, mm-hmm. what it is today. And, um, yeah, just gave me a lot of experience and knowledge of of what it means to, to really get in a van with a group of guys and, and go out and, and do your best. And, you know, being the youngest guy in the band, you're you're – in there were people, you know, 25, 30 years older than you. Yeah. They got a lot of wisdom and a lot of really cool stories to share with you. And, you know, those are just memories and, and things that I can carry with me for the rest of my life, you know, experiences that money can't buy, you know. And it taught me a lot about just, you know, image and, and showing up on mm-hmm. time and, and being a professional. And, and, and I remember Shorty always tell me, you got to give the people what their money's worth. No mm-hmm. matter how many people in the room, you got to give them their money's worth. You know, they, I remember getting chastised for not having a hat. Like, you got to get a hat. <laughs> Where's your hat at? I'm your like, hat? You got a hat now. Like, they're like, you went to church. You know, you know the role. You yeah. know, Where's your church clothes? Where's your hat? Yep. Play the part. Give the people their money. Yep. I was like, ah, I got you. I got you. Because, like, man, they all dress sharp. Yeah. And they all. Fashion's you know, a big part of it. it Presentation, is. you know, and I, and I and I love fashion. I love you know different aspects of of how clothing and jewelry can be expressive mm-hmm. and 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 really show your personality. And yeah, I it's think an extension of you. It is, and uh, it's just like playing music. Mm-hmm. It's in in all creative arts. It's just um, it's, it's a wonderful thing. The world would be a very sad place without art. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I'm glad that we're all doing this together. <laughs> well, you sound like a very busy man. Um, are you already working on the next album? I am. Uh, I've been demoing a bunch of songs. Uh, Nick and I have been rehearsing in the studio, and I'll just um, you know, play him some stuff. that Because I, I, I play drums. I can play bass and sing and all that stuff. So you get play, the basic track so down. I, yeah, I get the bones want. down. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, play to a click track yeah, and, yeah. and get it. I got the studio set up to where I can get in the booth and I have a wireless remote uh, mouse and, uh, and keyboard. could flip the monitor screen around 
and operate Pro Tools from behind the drums, then hop back in there and do guitar overdubs and singing and cool. stuff. So it makes it a lot easier. And, you know, hopefully you get enough cool sounds to where it's it's stuff you want to keep yeah. for the record. But, um, but, yeah, it's about just getting the basic structure of the song down to be able to interpret to the band because I'm not... I, I, I'm not like formally educated in music. I don't know how yeah. to like write music, and most musicians that I play with don't know how to read music. So you just Nick does. He he uh, he's gonna teach me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make him teach me. But uh, you have but, to go hang out at the guitar shop. You mentioned he works at a vintage guitar yeah, store Austin, in Austin. What's that called? Austin Vintage Guitar. It's uh, shout it's, out. It's a very yeah shout out. They're a great <laughs> great guitar shop. They cool. they have a lot of cool gear in there and. Never know who you're gonna run into when you go yeah. in there, but uh, yeah, he he's uh, kind of the kind of the main axe man over there. Right on. Have to stop by next time we're down there. Definitely, and stop by the studio as well. Maybe do uh, a, a Diddy TV session from in there. Yeah, man, that yeah. would be lovely. <laughs> um, so you you uh, you got some big dates coming up. I know in September you're gonna be out the Long Road Festival yeah. in the UK, and uh, anything else you got planned? Well, I mean. I'm kind of taking the summer to focus more on getting new songs written sure. and and building the studio out because we're we're so close to having studio A finished. Mm -hmm. It's uh but you never know how long it's going to take. So I'm kind of allowing myself a few months to get that okay. wrapped up before I just get back hard out on the road, but yeah. uh but yeah, the UK is already kind of coming together and I think there's some dates in Switzerland that are being talked about later in the year. Okay. Um, I'm going to continue to try to put out some new music between now and then, so maybe a single. We'll we'll see. <laughs> I'm trying not to make any promises that I can't keep. Well, I encourage people to check out, you know, check out your work online, follow Thank the you. tour dates and everything, buy the record, Arkansas Dave, self-titled. Yes, sir. Dave, thanks for being here today, man. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, man. Cheers. By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about that sound? You're listening to a set of GE appliances, complete with all you need to keep food fresh, dishes clean, and everything else stress-free. Making this the sound of savings on top brand appliances. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Get up to 25% off select GE appliances right now. Offer valid January 5th through January 25th, 2023. US only, see store or online for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 